Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Holy Week and slash or Fresh Haircut Week edition of the Monday check-in. I just got my haircut on Friday. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors at First Pres Hastings, uh, with my fresh haircut joined by... Greg Allen Bickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church Hastings, who has not had a fresh haircut and is looking a little shaggy back here. In fact, Damon and I logged on to this uh, call to start our Monday check-in, and I noticed his nice haircut, which prompted me to uh, text my barber to say, hey, can I get in before uh, before Easter Sunday? So she may be texting back during our conversation, at which point I may have to pause to confirm my haircut appointment so that I, too, and freshly shorn for uh, for Holy Week. Gotta look good for Holy Week. You gotta look put together. And I gotta tell you too, for those of you who uh, have been watching our services online uh, on Facebook Live, uh, we upgraded our cameras a couple weeks ago and holy cow, does it make a difference. Uh, every detail of my face that I was not able to see for the last three years in our recordings of our services is now eminently available for everyone to <laughs> see. <laughs> and we have this other issue. Uh, this is uh, funny insider stuff. Uh, we, we added one additional camera, which is actually placed uh, sort of in the pews in the sanctuary on a tripod. Uh, and the, the, the challenge with that camera right now is that uh, our organist, Linda, has what we call a rear view mirror so that she can see what's happening in the sanctuary while she's sitting at the organ playing. And the place that the camera is set up right now perfectly catch, catches Linda's face in the rearview mirror when they're trying to record the preacher preaching. So if you watch the recording, you can see Linda's face the entire sermon that uh, when we use that camera. And so we, we're going to figure out how to perhaps either move the mirror or move the camera. I suggested just put just put like a little curtain over her mirror that she could just. She could draw. just slide, yeah, yeah. She could just draw the curtain close there. Yep. During this room, and then just slide it back open when she yep. needs to see if people are processing in or standing up or sitting down or that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but at any rate, this is the check-in, <laughs> and so what we do is we talk a little bit about we take a sneak preview of the scripture that we're going to be using for the upcoming Sunday. This upcoming Sunday is. I think it's Easter this week. Resurrection Sunday, baby. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll have a quick little, quick little Bible chat uh, about that uh, piece of scripture. And then we switch gears and we share some announcements, some life of the church, what's going on at First Pres, that sort of thing. So uh, with that said and done, I will uh, open us with a word of prayer. Loving and gracious God, as we move through this Holy Week, help us to be uh, awake and alert to your presence. Help us to find you in the midst of the moments of grief, in the moments of anxiety um, brought to us by remembering your story, remembering the path that led to the cross and to your death upon the cross. Help us to sit patiently in, in that time of unease and listen for your words of comfort, listen for your words of hope, and then help us to join in the celebration on Easter morning as we celebrate 
the resurrection of Jesus as we celebrate um, the, the possibilities of new beginnings that are around us all the time. New beginnings for ourselves, new beginnings for others, uh, new beginnings for, for the world, for our community as a whole. Help us, O oh God, to this week consider how your love finds us wherever we may be. Uh, in your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. So for this coming Sunday, it is Easter Sunday, the resurrection uh, of Jesus Sunday, uh, not the resurrection of Lazarus. Um, he doesn't get a Sunday every year, uh, poor guy, but, uh, but Jesus does. And we are going to take a look this morning at uh, a portion of the resurrection story from the Gospel of Mark. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. Um, I don't have a Bible handy, so I can't take a look real quick. But I believe that this is the short ending of the Gospel of Mark. Is that right? I uh, believe for, you are correct. I also those, don't have a Bible sitting in front of me, but yes. Yeah. Uh, for those for those who don't know, uh, the Gospel of Mark has uh, multiple endings. It's like it's like one of those classical music songs where they're like, "Here's the finishing chord," and then they're like, "Oh no, wait, it's a couple measures later," and then they're like, "Oh no, wait, it's a couple measures after that." Whatever well, the musical. Yeah, Bach okay. in particular is famous for those false endings, and uh, Mark, uh, the Gospel of Mark, does the same thing. It it ends. And then it tells a little bit more of the story and then it ends and tells a little bit more of the story and then finally ends. And then we get to the gospel of John. Yeah. So this is how the gospel most likely originally ended. And uh, folks, you'll, when we get to there, you'll understand why folks later on thought maybe we should add more <laughs> to this story. But uh, so uh, chapter 16, starting at verse uh, one. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, uh, bought spices so they might go and anoint him, him being Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And that's how it ends. Uh, Greg, what do you got? Um, yeah, I, um, I've been flirting with the idea of which gospel account to use, and, and uh, we talked about the fact that we use the Revised Common Lectionary, and so this year... Uh, in the Revised Common Lectionary, we, we have uh, Mark is the focal gospel, but also John gets peppered in every year because uh, the Revised Common Lectionary is on a three-year cycle. So it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then Matthew, Mark, Luke. 
and then they'll put John in. And so John's the alternative reading to this. Um, and I debated with Damon whether to read the Mark or the John passage. And now I'm regretting going with uh, Mark because John has some details in it that I was interested in exploring a little bit, but that's okay. Cause we can reference those details. Yeah. The, the challenge uh, of course, of preaching on Easter Sunday is that this is the most familiar story uh, perhaps besides the Christmas story in all of the Bible. And so what, uh, what does the preacher do with a very, very, very familiar text? And um, my preaching professor's strongest recommendation on Easter morning was tell the story and then get out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story tells itself. Uh, and uh, don't try to, my, my preaching professor, don't try to do anything gimmicky on Easter morning. Just let the resurrection story speak for itself. And I think there's, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, and I also think that there are details in this story that we could highlight that might help us more fully understand a little bit more about the resurrection and what it means for us. So here's a question for you, Damon, that my mm-hmm. wife asked me and I pondered and uh, I thought I'll ask Damon spontaneously on our Monday check-in and see what he says. Wow, it's being recorded. Mm-hmm. Question is, did Jesus change once he was resurrected? Was there a fundamental change in the nature of Jesus post-resurrection? Well, well okay, this is why I think that you wanted to go with the John passage. <laughs> uh, in various accounts, especially in the John passage, he's not recognized um and even even in i think some of the other appearance like post-resurrection appearances even to the disciples right on the road to yeah they don't recognize him either um so there yeah there seems to be something different about him um what that different thing is i don't really know um yeah, I mean, it's mistaken. They think he's the gardener. Yeah, in the John passage, John. Uh, Mary mistakes him for the gardener until he speaks her name. And then her eyes are open and she recognizes the presence of the risen Christ yeah. in her midst, right? So I guess it could just be that thing where, like, like when my doctor, like, sees me somewhere else and, like, not in his office, he doesn't necessarily recognize me. You know, like, when you see, like... Yeah, I just wasn't expecting to see you here. And so it took me a little while to process that that's who this person is. Yeah. And it's just that kind of a situation. Exemplified even more in this age of COVID with face masks. And I, um, yeah, when, when, (laughs) when I'm, when I'm not dressed in my pastor clothes, whether it's my midweek pastor clothes, which is typically a button down in khakis or my Sunday pastor clothes, and I'm around town running errands on my days off, sometimes I wear a hoodie sweatshirt and a baseball cap (laughs) and my parishioners don't recognize me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But yeah. So I just, I contemplated that question. I went, I went a different direction in thinking about that because we, we proclaim a bodily resurrection for Jesus. Jesus body was resurrected. And also we read stories of his post-resurrection appearances where he's able to, enter a locked room mm-hmm. and so there's there's a change in a physical state of jesus that he's able to 
to enter a locked room to appear to the disciples. Um, my my mom was uh, we were we were on a FaceTime call with my mom when Jessica posed this question to me, and my mom said, "Well, you know, he's changed and that he's got holes in his hands and his feet and his side. There's there's a change there." Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I thought it was an interesting question, and and sort of Jessica said, "Well, you know." What what changes have we gone through in the last year since the last time we heard this story? Um, in in many ways, COVID has caused us to slow down, to pause, uh, whatever, and and so we're coming out the other side now. And is there, uh, in some ways, we will be resurrected into a different life, a new life post COVID. Would there be a corollary or, or some sort of parallel that you could draw um, there with this familiar Easter story mm-hmm. and our new context we're facing? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think maybe the other, the other thing that occurs to me, I mean, he's, he would have gone through the experience of death, which uh, might change a person. Um, and if and if we follow the Apostles' Creed, he descended into hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think about um, like, have you ever gone back and revisited something that you wrote a decade ago, two decades ago, or even when you were at even when you were a kid, um, and 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 had that sort of thought of, I wrote this. <laughs> why did I wrote why, why did I write this why, or why did I write it this way or if I was gonna if I was gonna revisit this sermon let's say if I if I was gonna update that oh I would say this completely differently or um, I just I think about this maybe in a more nuanced way or something like that so even just the even just like the basic fact of having experiences changes how we changes how we understand ourselves changes how we understand others um there and then changes in some ways like how we present ourselves um the way that we carry ourselves like i i wonder if i you know if if some of my high if i ran across some of my high school teachers um would they recognize me even if they knew who I was, like, even if they said, oh yeah, we're going to go to the Heitmans and Damon's going to be there. Like, even if they had that advanced knowledge, would they rec- Would there still be that time that is not the same person that I knew? Um, and that high school was a long time ago, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, both a change in physical appearance, but also a change in, um, the nature of our character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes that sort of comes out in like in subtle ways, just in how we carry ourselves, like how we enter a room, um, how we approach someone, how we say hi. <laughs> this in like really subtle and, and subtle ways, and so I think I just thought about this actually on my. Um, my way, I was, I've shaken more hands in the last like three days, I think, than I had in a year. Um, and just because people are 
more people have had the vaccine, more people are feeling comfortable about and starting to kind of return to some of those rituals of when you meet someone, you shake hands. That's just what you do. Um, and so, and even just thinking about that, what it means to shake hands with someone, uh, to, to be able to do that and feel that you can do that safely and comfortably um, gives me a different understanding of that, of that experience as well. Yeah. And, and so as we come out of COVID, we are rising to a new life, a different life, a changed life um, in the same way that Jesus resurrection. I don't know. I, I, that, that was one of the angles that I've mm -hmm. been sort of mulling over in my head because um, my wife is brilliant. She's much smarter than I am. And so when she posits an idea like that, it's usually a pretty good one. And so it's at least worth considering whether that makes the actual Easter sermon. Um, we'll see. But uh, yeah, just uh, that was that was one idea. Another one I was just thinking about um, and ties in probably more with the John than the Mark, so I probably should have read the John, but um, is... Which, is uh, which part of John are you, were you thinking of? Um, I've got it here. Should I, should I just read it? Well, even if you could just tell me, then I can pull it up real quick. So at least we're both looking at it. Yeah. Um, this, the interaction between Jesus and Mary in the garden. Do you have so, a, like a chapter and verse? Yeah, twenty verse uh, chapter 20, starting at verse 13. Okay. Oh, no, that's with the 14. When... when Mary had seen this, she turned around, saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener. She said to him, sir, if you, had, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Um, at that moment in time, Mary becomes a believer in the resurrected Christ. And I was contemplating this notion, uh, the, the word believe, right? Because then we're going to have a series of people who uh, believe in the resurrected Christ and stories that we'll read over the next few weeks. And uh, just playing around with this word believe. And uh, uh, in one sense, the word believe is about um, adherence to a particular set of doctrines, right? Or beliefs, right? Yeah. But thinking about it the other way, like when you say to your child or someone you care for, I believe in you, you're not saying... I'm following your particular set of doctrines and beliefs. Yeah. Or I trust in your physical existence. Yeah. You're saying something <laughs> different, right? This is a belief uh, about I'm entering into a trusting and abiding relationship with you. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I wanted to explore that notion of what it means in this particular instance that Mary believed in Jesus Um certainly Mary is going to follow 
what Jesus has taught through his ministry. In that sense, she believes in what he's taught, but she believes in him. She's a, entering into a relationship with him, abiding with him in the same way that I say, I believe in my spouse or I believe in my child or, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that the, re, the, the relationship that, that she's, Mary knew Jesus before. Um, so they were, there was a, a relationship between them before um, but now perhaps that relationship has also changed in, in some way, right? Because um, now she, she has a, another, a new experience of Jesus. She knows a little bit something more about him. Um, she maybe gains an, a, another layer of perspective, I guess, in, into who he is and what his life and death and now resurrection um, might mean. There's, there's this interesting, now we're in the Gospel of John, and a couple of weeks ago in the Gospel of John, uh, it was all about seeing. Um, these Greeks came, they wanted to see Jesus. Jesus. And, yeah, and so it's interesting me, to me now, we get Mary, and she, she, she is weeping, there are tears in her eyes, um, she, in some ways, perhaps literally can't see Jesus. Right. Yeah, so, she... so there's this sight thing going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John's continued this sort of this playing with sight. And, and I think then that's connected to this understanding of seeing what does it mean to believe? What does it mean to see someone, to know someone? Yeah, I like that. That, that, that could also be a direction for this uh, Easter sermon, Damon. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I'm always struck by that line in the Gospel of John where, um, where she pleads with him thinking he's the gardener. If you've taken his body, just tell me where it is. And you can, uh, that's, that short sentence, there's so much depth to the, the pain that she's feeling. And then he says her name, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, there's something about that that just gets me every single time I read it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's that uh, that she's depicted as crying. Um, I, there's an intimacy to this narrative that there isn't really in the Mark narrative, yeah. um, which I think is why this is the version that gets has been turned into songs. <laughs> over over the years uh and into hymns and there's something about maybe jesus also sees mary differently at least slightly differently than than maybe he did before that there's something about like when you when you are we try to hide our crying a lot um and when you are able to like be in the room with someone who's crying and you know them differently too. Um, and they know whether or not you're going to run away <laughs> when they start to cry or whether you're going to sit with them in it or you know. so like, when you have that sort of intimate and vulnerable experience with someone, then everybody understands everybody a little bit differently. Uh, and, and feels a little connected, I guess, differently 
than maybe they did before. I don't necessarily want to say deeper, but yeah, that's man. That could be a sermon in itself too. <laughs> we uh, part of our training as pastors was to to be hospital chaplains for um, a few months. And, and we would do chaplain, chaplaincy work, and then we would have to reflect on the chaplaincy work. It's called clinical pastoral education. And we had this strong debate in my clinical pastoral education unit about whether or not to hand someone a box of Kleenex when they're crying. Yeah. Because uh, are you trying, are you sending them a message that they need to stop crying? Are you just seeking to meet their basic need because they have tears and snot coming out of their nose? Tears coming out of their eyes and snot coming out of their nose. Uh, and uh, are, are you, you know, are you sending them a message and, and what does that look like? But there's, there's so much truth to that, that there's an intimacy that, that occurs when you are present with somebody who is crying. Um, and Jesus is present with Mary when she's crying and then speaks her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's different types of crying. Yeah. You know, this There's, you know, kids cry because they're hungry um you know and that's maybe a little bit different than <laughs> mary here weeping for the loss of uh, the person that she that she calls teacher yeah. um yeah and so and babies sometimes cry when they're baptized but they didn't yesterday morning did they damon no not, not little jeremy you had the magic touch with little jeremy <laughs> He's pretty chill. I think, I think pretty much anybody could have gotten away with that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I was happy that I was the one who was able to. <laughs> so I don't know. You think this will preach? I mean, it'll preach. The question is what direction <laughs> to take it. And then how much do I lean into my seminary professor's advice of just tell the story and get out of the way? Mm. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the struggle. Um, that's the struggle, Damon. Well, it'll be an interesting conundrum to work out. Yeah. Maybe we should just add a couple of services on Sunday and then you could, you could do all three options. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> that, uh, that does lead nicely though into uh, some of our announcements, doesn't it? Yeah. Speaking of worship options, uh, <laughs> this week is Holy Week. And so just kind of a quick rundown of our Holy Week services that we will be holding this year. Uh, we'll have Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services. Both of those will start at 7 p.m. on their respective days and uh, will be held in person and also hosted live streamed via Facebook. So uh, if folks want to come to the sanctuary, they're welcome to, there's no RSVP for those services. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Um, obviously mass required and we'll social distance in the sanctuary, that sort of stuff. But so folks can come in person on uh, Monday, Thursday is uh, the, the remembrance, the celebration of Jesus commandment that his disciples love one another as he has loved them. We have, will there be a foot washing during that service? Yeah, there will be both foot washing and communion at that service, um, and both manifestations of that love that Jesus is talking about in that commandment that his disciples love one another as, as Jesus loved them. So a very meaningful service, one of my favorite services of the year, um, followed by another one of my favorite services of the year on Good Friday. 
So then uh, Good Friday, also at 7 p.m., same in person and live streaming. And um, so Good Friday is the, we follow the, the story of Jesus' crucifixion, um, essentially. And we um, have some candles and um, some uh, not quite Tizé style, but a very sort of, um, not, necessarily, not necessarily somber, uh, but subdued. Contemplative. Contemplative, yeah, worship service. Then so, and then between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, uh, we will hold vigil as as a people at First Presbyterian Church. So I think that there's probably uh, a way for folks to sign up to for an hour uh, to hold prayer vigil. Folks can hold prayer vigil either at home or if they would like to, they can come into the chapel to hold vigil there. And so we'll do that from around eight o'clock. Friday um, to Easter morning. And then the Easter morning service, 10.30 a.m. at the Lynn Farrell Arena at Hastings College. And since this is a y'all come sort of a situation, um, please do wear your face masks and we'll social distance. But uh, since the space is large enough, we'll be able to spread out. We'll be able to have a choir there to sing and uh, the cathedral brass. Um, my brother has an alternative name for them that I'm always tempted to say, but that's not their, that's not their name. Um, the cathedral <laughs> brass uh, will be joining us uh, for that service as well. So, Yeah, so that's, that's the lineup. Um, and we are concluding the season of Lent this week, we've had the Lenten devotional guide, which of course I always proudly show you as we're sitting on these things. Uh, and it's right here. Uh, Lenten devotional guide, we will continue uh, our discussions uh, Tuesday at noon, if you want to join us for a discussion about this, or Friday at 8 a.m. Uh, as well. And um, the rest of our Christian Ed opportunities, where we take a little pause on Easter Sunday for uh, Christian Ed. So uh, no adult forum and uh, no children or youth Christian ed, but then we'll uh, restart some of that. Do we have adult forums lined up for the weeks following Easter? I think the forum is all done for the year. Okay. So, and, uh, but the past forums, we're working on getting up online for if folks want to view them that way. Yeah. And so that could be something on a Sunday morning, if you're waiting for service to begin and you woke up early because the dog woke you up or uh, the sun woke you up or whatever, um, go to our church's YouTube channel because we're starting to collect a lot of really great resources there. All the forums that we did this year, starting way back in the fall, uh, we recorded and uh, are uploading to our YouTube channel. And so there's a Trevor treasure trove of resources there. And particularly these last, uh, this season of Lent, uh, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh, who is our scholar in residence, uh, did a five-part series on um, the Eisenheim altarpiece. Uh, which depicts different biblical characters in relationship to, well, the, the section that he did in relationship to uh, Christ's crucifixion. And so definitely check those out. They are really, really good and really, really interesting, well thought out and researched. And But Dan presents in a very compelling and accessible way as well. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, if you've ever been curious about um, sitting in on a not 
quite college level uh, religion course. This is it. You're going to watch it. And at the very least, you're going to come away and you're going to think, that guy knows some stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I, yeah, the, the, the not quite college level, I think this is, I think it's very accessible. It's accessible, but yes, I think the material is really, really mm -hmm. dynamic and interesting. Yeah. So it's very that's accessible. good stuff. Um, uh, our Christian ed for children will continue to be remote until May 5th. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for those. And then our middle school and high school youth groups are uh, taking, are you guys meet, you guys are meeting this week. This yeah, Wednesday. we're meeting this week, but not and next continue, Wednesday. Continue to meet on Wednesday evenings with masking and social distancing. So I think that's, uh, that's the update. In-person worship continues to happen, but we're also still doing all of our stay-at-home broadcasts. So if you're listening and uh, can't come to in-person worship, you're certainly welcome to join us via the broadcast on Facebook Live or on the radio. Um, we consider that a very faithful option to attending church at this point as well. So I want you to know that um, starting in April, uh, we're, we're going to try for a month not using a reservation system and kind of see how that goes for us. Uh, we don't want, we, the reservation system seemed to work, but we also think it may have been a barrier for some people coming. And we've been under a hundred or right at a hundred uh, since we restarted in-person worship on the 28th of February. And so we're gonna try the month of April and not do reservations and just say, y'all come and, and we'll manage the, the number of folks and kind of see how that goes. And then midway through April, we'll, we'll take an assessment of how that's going. and. If we need to adjust, we can do so if necessary. So that's that's what's going on uh, with worship. Uh, we continue to have uh, a manageable number of COVID-19 cases, but it's still very present in our community. And we're continuing to follow the guidelines of the health department, which tell us that we need to be doing social distancing and masking when we do gather in, indoors in person. So we will continue to do that as a church uh, following the guidance of the health department. So uh, yeah, anything else we need to tell them about? Well, that seems like plenty, doesn't it? Indeed. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's close us with a word of prayer. Okay. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this opportunity to reflect uh, on your holy word, particularly in this holy week. Uh, thank you for the opportunities that the staff and volunteers of First Presbyterian Church are putting together for us to walk with Christ through this holy week, from the Monday Thursday service to the Good Friday service to the Easter vigil to Easter Sunday. I, I ask, Lord, that you uh, let your wisdom enter those of us who will be leading worship this week. And also, may your spirit of love and joy enter all who are participating. May the community realize that they are welcome to come and celebrate the resurrection of Christ and reflect on what that means for them in their daily walk with you. We ask all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.